I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out here like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday's edition. Today is Wednesday, right? All these days are blended it together. Is. The Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live is the day before the Giants' first preseason game on Thursday night against the New England Patriots. No, we are not live today because Paul and I will... Right now, we're recording around 9.35 a.m. Paul and I will be getting on a bus to go to the train to head up to Providence in about two hours. Uh, Lance has more important things to do, and Jeff did not want to ra- <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, and, and, and Jeff Eagles did not want to risk trying to host the show all by himself, though I would have paid to see that. Sure you would have. A lot, think, of, a lot of other people would have, too. Yes, so. I, I think, well... Finally make money on this show. But not but, <laughs> but not for the reason, Jeff, you would want them to pay for it, though, unfortunately. Actually, yeah. Jeff, I heard that Charlie wanted to co-host with you. I would have let him. Would have. Would have been really good for TV. People would have laughed the whole show. Exactly. Yeah, it would have been great for television, given this is a podcast. Yeah. Well. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I don't think you guys would have let him in the building. So, oh no, no, he he would have been on remote. He's not. He He would have drove all that way to get here, and then and and all of a sudden get to the front door and not be able to get in. You know, you know how they have like the invisible fences set up for the dogs. Yeah, I think they kind of have that around the facility for Charlie. So if he gets too close, he gets shocked a little bit. You know, he might be at the game tomorrow night. Yeah, you know what? I never asked him that. I'll I'll have to send him a tweet and see if he's going to be there. He could. My guess is no. But we'll see. I don't know. Really? Why wouldn't? Why? I mean, come on. Come on, Charlie. If you're as big a fan as you think as we think you are, you should yeah. wait at that game. No, no. Don't challenge him. Yeah, no, that's correct. Yes, that is, that is correct. Because yeah, then he'll find us when we're there. It'll be bad. I can, see, I, I can see him being one of those guys that dress up like the Colonials and, like, fire the cannon off on the field. I could see him doing that. He might secretly be one of those guys. We just don't know it. Yeah, he could be. That's true. <laughs> I could see Charlie being like Leslie Nielsen, okay, dressing up as a referee <laughs> to get God. on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that, too, actually. That's not bad. All right. A um, couple things to cover today, folks. Obviously, since we are not live, we cannot take your phone calls because you're not listening to us while we're recording this. So we'll, we'll try to get to an hour. If we only go 45 minutes, that's fine, too. We kind of have a hodgepodge thing today. I know Lance and I touched on 
the um, unofficial depth chart that got released yesterday very briefly at the end of the show. Uh, we'll go into that more in depth today. Uh, we have NFL.com gave their projected starters for the Giants on both sides of the ball. Have fun with that. And then maybe we'll go around the league and just have fun and joke around sure. a little bit for the final portion of the show. So, guys, I already kind of gave my take on the Giants' unofficial depth chart that they released the other day, and I did make the point to fans that, frankly, if it was up to the coaches, they would not be releasing any depth chart at all at this point of training camp. But it's required because when you have a preseason game or any NFL game, you have to give something out to the media that's called a flip card. And on that flip card must be a depth chart indicating your players at positions and where they are on said depth chart. So from a public relations perspective, this thing has to be put out there because it's going to be distributed to everyone at the game on Thursday night. So I would not take a lot out of this. I was going back and forth with uh, one of our good listeners, Rodney, on Twitter the other day. He says, John, I don't think this is going to be it for the, for the year. And I'm like, Rodney, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, the starters aren't going to change. I go, well, no, look, if you look at the starters on this unofficial depth chart, I think it's pretty close to probably being what it's going to be week one with maybe one or two differences, and we could talk about that. But when you look at the second, third, and fourth teams, I'm not going to say they basically put this in a randomizer and, and threw it out there, <laughs> but I, I would not take the second and third and fourth and fifth team depth chart guys on this unofficial depth chart too seriously. So you guys take it. You can go through starters, whatever you want to say about the depth chart, go right ahead. Well, you know what, John, since you already threw that disclaimer out at the beginning, uh, in the interest of being honest and open, I must read to you a tweet. Uh, I saw it. I, I saw people weren't happy with you about it either. A couple people weren't. Yeah. Most people also liked it, though. I got how many likes? I got uh, 67 likes. Well, you had 67 likes. How many replies? Um, nine. Oh, that's a good ratio. So the, and again, you pretty much blocked everyone that doesn't like you anyway. So it's hard for you to have a bad ratio. There you go. <laughs> uh, the mo- the minute that it came out, I wrote on Twitter warning the Giants just put out an unofficial depth chart for the Pats preseason game. Here comes a flood of meaningless stories and comments about something that is simply a rough guide for watching the game and has nothing to do with week one. That's another way of saying what you just told everybody a couple of minutes ago. Except as typical, I said it in a more diplomatic way than you did. Yes, you so did. So I don't get people yes, mad you did. at me. Correct. As far as, as you know, for, as far as I'm concerned, this depth chart is really great for the bottom of the birdcage or the bottom of the garbage trash bag in your kitchen, or um, or for the flip card that we're all going to get on Thursday night. When correct. We go to the giant Patriot which game. which the league mandates that we get. Correct. Okay. So anyway, now that we've dis- discussed that, and Jeff, would you like to just pile on a third well, smashing <laughs> belt uh, to the jaw on this I, one? I think that when you look at the the, the starters. I, I think this is pretty – I mean, I, it's 95% correct. Okay, so, Jeff, let me about, ask you. Who, yeah. who do you think might be different from the starters when you're looking at this? Yeah, okay, so I'll tell you on offense. And, by I, the way, should I list the depth yeah. chart? But go, real quick, yeah, go real, real fast, Jeff. I want to make sure people have, have yeah. understand who's on this thing. Uh, obviously, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. Uh, they have their base personnel was 11 personnel on offense, so three wide receivers, one tight end. Wondell Robinson is the slot. Tony and Galladay outside. Daniel Bellinger, the tight end. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is hurt, so he's all the way in, in the fifth spot here. Uh, right to left on the offensive line, Neil Glowinski, Feliciano, Lemieux, Andrew Thomas. Going to the defensive side of the ball, this is their base 3-4 defense. Uh, actually, take it back. This is kind of like their, I don't know, 4-2-5, I guess. They, technically, it's, I think, 3-3-5, three, three, but... 
whatever. Just throw the names out. Dexter and Lawrence and Leonard Williams attack you. Your two edge rushers, Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau. Your inside linebackers, Blake Martinez and um, Tay Crowder. Uh, Dory Jackson, Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes at corner, Holmes the nickel, Love and McKinney at safety. Jeff, go ahead. Yeah. I, you can't you can't argue with that right there. Okay, that I feel the other. If there's any 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 question of any uh, position there, I would go at the at the linebacker position with Crowder and Beavers maybe. Okay, and that's I would say the, maybe tight end. Yeah, and well, I was going to get on the offense. That's okay. the defensive yep. side. Mm-hmm. I think the offensive side. Okay, of course I go there. Um, Ricky, he's not on the field right now. Don't know what's happening with him, but obviously he is a starter in this league. He's been that before, so that's going to be a good competition going forward. But the team is very high on Bellinger, as everybody else is. And I feel like, you know, the other one is uh, Wondell Robinson is certainly going to be a starter. Now, if Sterling Shepard was healthy, where would he fit into this mix? So I don't know about that. But I think the first team, in my opinion, guys, is is pretty – this is 95 Ninety-seven percent positive. Now the second team is where we get into a little bit of discussion, in my opinion. So, well, as long as as long as we're talking about the first team, maybe we should give NFL.com's first team projections. Yeah, you know what? Why don't we do that right? first, and then we can talk about the bench? Makes match. more Go sense, ahead. right? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So NFL.com, very interesting. Uh, I still love how you print out the internet. It's, it's, it's literally it's one of my favorite things. About real you, quickly, Paul. before you go there, I, I will tell it. you that the left guard <laughs> position is also another one that I'm I'm a little bit on edge with, you know, as far hmm. as that goes. Okay, Just a little bit. Okay. Not, not, I, listen, I'm not 50-50, but right. I'm 75-25 that something could change on the opposite. 75 is probably going to be Lemieux, but there's an outside chance it could be someone else. Okay. Well, NFL.com uh, actually has nine of those 11 starters the same as the projected PR depth chart that the Giants put out. The changes are as follows. They've got Joshua Azudu as the starting left guard ahead of Shane Lemieux. Ooh, and I think that's kind of what Jeff just yep. referenced. And I think he would be the guy, right, Jeff, that if, if someone moved ahead of Lemieux, you think it would be Azudu? I, I got to think. And, and here, listen, he's going to be very valuable for this offensive line because of his position flexibility. But listen, if he's competing and he can play better than Lemieux, then there, there's your guy. And, and just remember, when Lemieux moved to center, when Feliciano had the heat issues last week, you know who the left guard was next to Lemieux at center? No Josh yeah, go ahead, there you go. And yep. quite honestly, the coaches have been very impressed with this rookie. Oh, yeah. They well, like well, him how, a lot. How could you not? Re- really yeah. sweet kid, too. What a Real nice kid. kid. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And look, because he showed such position flexibility at North Carolina, this should not surprise us. Correct. I mean, he's going to wind up being, I think he's going to wind up being the sixth lineman. You know, uh, he right, certainly right, looks, right? I mean, I was literally going to say, and I guess we can have this conversation now. <laughs> I mean... After the five starters, you know Azudu's on the roster. Can you tell me for sure who the next two or three guys are? I well, listen, can't. Listen to this. I, this goes to show you Joshua Azudu's gonna. He's gonna be playing, right? They got him listed on at least the, the depth chart I'm looking at at left guard backup and at left tackle backup. His yeah. name is there twice. <laughs> What's that tell you about it? They, that means they're very high on this guy. Yep. So mm-hmm. he's gonna definitely get some. some but some I reps. do think as we go ahead here, I think them trying, question, I think <laughs> them trying to fill out that offensive line depth is oh man is a thing. Like yeah. it's a thing. Like they need to figure this thing out as they move ahead here. All right, the other change they had, uh, which was not uh, congruent with the uh, PR list, they've got the Giants going without a tight end and going with a base four-wide receiver offense. Oh, that's stupid. That's Galladay, Tony, yeah. Shepard, and Robinson, they've got Shepard being ready for week one and being part of the base offense with four wides and not using a tight end. I understand why they did that, but that but that's not going to be their most frequently used package. I don't it's, think it's so just, either. It's just not. 
I mean, you'll see some four wide, I'm sure. I mean, even in practice, but, we have. I mean, we we don't. You know, we're not going to. We don't talk about formations, individual plays. But I think I can say with some confidence. I mean, it's been almost exclusively it's, eleven. I mean, it's been a lot more eleven than we've seen anything. Yes, else. concur. A lot more eleven than when we've seen concur. anything else. I mean, this this will be somewhere in the playbook, but it's not going to dominate. It just won't. Yeah, I agree. And when Shepard gets back, I think that's when you probably will see more of it because you want to get your best players on the field. It as makes much more as you sense. Can. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Go ahead, Jeff. That's fine. No, that's oh, fine. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think that I think it's just dumb to not have a tight end on your your starting offense. Come on, seriously. Because whether whether you like it or not, he, there's you got, there's a fullback position that that tight end can play. There's eleven personnel that he can play. I mean, four wide receivers is a base offense. Come on. Really? How many other guys in the teams in the NFL yeah, have you, that? You would have to go back to Ugh. the run and shoot in the nineties, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, I mean, like 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 the Falcons with June Jones, Gilbride, and the Oilers. Like that's the last time we saw yeah. base package being four wideouts, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Go what ahead. about defense, Paul? Yeah. Well, and and just to uh, finish off the the comment about the receivers, the rationale says here, including Wandell Robinson, because uh, they believe the second round pick will wind up with more snaps than any tight end especially if the Giants don't add to the position. They're saying Ricky Seals-Jones is currently the leader in the clubhouse at tight end, but clearly they're not very high on him. Whatever. Okay, starting defense. Now, they go with a Mm 2-4-5 combination, which I guess is kind of what you were trying to get to when you were talking about the names before, John. It all depends how you want to classify. I mean, look, to me – it all depends what you name the guys, but if you are your only two inside, if you're running Lawrence and Williams as right. your only two Those traditional your defensive Those linemen, are your yeah, but your two end edge players are probably gonna have their heads in the dirt anyway. So it's basically At a times four they man. Will. So it's basically a four man front. Anyway, four two five. Well, yeah. but you know to why? Me, I see it as a four two five, but I, I get can, it, and I can see how you see it the other way too. Well, you know why? Because usually the numbers from. The, the old-fashioned way, which until somebody says we can change them, the first number is always how many guys have their hands in the dirt. Correct. So that that's I that's mean, the only reason. You can also argue, yeah, that's true. Because, you know, even in, like, traditional 4-3s, sometimes the, the, the Sam can actually be on the line of scrimmage for a quasi-five-man front. Correct. So, yeah, no, it's a good point. It's a good point. So, hey, and yep. by the way, in this in this defense, none of them may have their hand in the dirt <laughs> sometimes. Uh, let me tell you something, <laughs> Jeff. down, yeah. That is true. And we have also seen snaps, and I'm not giving away a secret, where there's been one guy with mm-hmm. his hand in the dirt. Sure. Uh, yeah. This is a wide variety, a kaleidoscope defense, as I like to call it. <laughs> so, um, so, yes, Williams-Lawrence, Thibodeau and uh, Ojolari on, on the edges, yes. Now, they've got Martinez and Crowder, as the two traditional inside linebackers, um, they they do think that Crowder's going to hold that second position. And then their three corners, though, are Jackson Robinson and Cordell Flott. They've got him winning the third corner job instead of Darnay Holmes. Now, if they had watched any part of training camp, they, they would know that's probably well, they not true. That's why they because Darnay Holmes has been really good. When was this published? Just out of curiosity. Recently? I just I just saw it this morning. I Go don't ahead. know what it was dated. Got it. Okay, but. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Darnay Holmes has made more splash plays yeah. than anybody has in training camp. Early on, he had a couple of practices that were a little inconsistent where he also had misfires in coverage. Yeah, sure. Okay, but but clearly the most splash plays. I think uh, uh, Adore Jackson has also made a number of, of really yeah, nice he's plays. He's up to too. four or five picks, right, at this point? Is it four, I, I think? I thought it was four. It's a four, yeah. I think it's four. You know, And Holmes, I think, has been involved in five turnovers so far. 
Is that was that your count? I know too? he had four in the first four days, three picks and a forced fumble. Has uh, he had one since? I thought he had another forced fumble since. He might. He might. But the bottom line is, uh, at this point, and again, and John's mentioned this about um, uh, Aaron Robinson, he is very physical, and he still gets a little handsy. I've noticed that. There's no doubt about it. You got to be careful. But he is sticky. Yeah. He is really, really sticky. I like to see him against a real speedster to see how he holds up against It'll a be really interesting. fast guy. I now, think he, he ran a good 40, so it's not like he doesn't have the speed. Right. But I'd like to see his style against a guy that is more quicks than size. Now, I think the interesting part for me is going to be that first five yards. Because when you talk about going up against a faster guy, sometimes it's not about sticking with him. It's right. about jamming him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that is one of his strengths. And that's definitely one of his strengths. Now, it is interesting. The NFL has kind of put it out there again this year that they're going to put a point of emphasis on calling illegal contact this year. Oh, great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you know why that is, right? <sighs> they points. just love the fantasy football people. Yeah. They, well, want to, they want to give them more, that. They want more, more chances to score. They want more offense because people want to see offense. Offense leads to money. <laughs> so, and, and, and to be honest, um, I, I don't want to cheat McKinney and Love, who also, I think, have had pretty good camps as well. Oh, I think both of them have been excellent. The starting secondary, as Wink Martindale himself said to us the other day, John, I, I don't have the quote handy, but I think he actually said, I love those guys. He's he very happy with well, the starters. The whole, the whole starting defensive backfield. He's very like, happy yeah. with them. And he did say, though, we got we to gotta work on yep. the depth chart. And I, Yeah, that was a big focus of his. But I, 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 you know, I put my our bold predictions on the wall here. I put my own bold prediction on yes, you did show. about love, right? Oh wait, I was with you. I yes. thought that was with Lance. So Jeff, my 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 bold prediction was that Julian Love will receive a contract extension before the season is over. Hmm. Yeah, or nay, Jeff? What do you think? That was my bold this, prediction. This is third year, right? No, this is fourth. Oh my goodness! So he's okay, heading well, into he's heading into right. free agency. Well, that, which is that's why, why I, that's why I was a yes. little bit hesitant to answer because I thought it was his third. So okay, no, no, I, I listen. I don't know. I don't know how big how bold that really is. I, I think that you know, obviously, um, if you're Julian Love, it better be a pretty good extension because you want to hit free agency as a player always. Um, but if it's something that they, you know, they both teams can come to an agreement with, that's great. Yeah, um, and he seems I, to be happy here. Julian. And then that's the thing. I, I, yeah, and I, I feel like he could be kind of one of those staple guys in this organization. Like he's a yeah, he's a Notre Dame guy, so he's obviously a little you know uh, weird there. But other than that, I excuse think he's, he's me, Mr. Miami, <laughs> a little weird <laughs> yeah. there. You know, that's your Kane's bias bleeding through. Yeah, I know. It's just tough for me. I don't know. It's just for some reason. But I'll get over it one day. Probably won't be you know anytime soon. So. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's still a convict at heart. Uh, okay. I still have. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no now, doubt. Let me, let me just throw in. I, I we're probably going to get off top, but I just, you know, what about Corker guys? What, what do you think about Yusuf Corker? I, I, I like him. I feel like in a great camp. Has he got a chance here? I think he's the third safety. Yeah. I mean, without, with Belton, right? Whatever his yeah, with health Belton is. Belton out. I think Corker and Andrew Adams right now are battling for that third gotcha. safety spot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It'll and, be interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I really like Andrew Adams. I always have uh, out of UConn. Very astute player. Uh, really, really gets after it on special teams. Mm-hmm. So that's going to help him out a lot. You know, Cork is going to have to play specials too. But, but Adams certainly has uh, somewhat of an accomplished resume. I think for me, I would probably feel a little safer with Adams just because of the complexities of the defense. I think there's a better chance 
that he will make fewer mistakes at the beginning of the season. Maybe Corker could wrestle away the third spot by the end of the year. Okay. But I probably would like to see Andrew Adams get more of those yeah. shots early. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. I think that's fair. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I will say this, if you want to get my, my, I guess, hot take from the depth chart. And I asked, and I'm going to butcher it. What's the inside linebacker's last name? Oh, here, let me butcher it for you. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. (laughs) Well, let me go on the depth chart and look who you're looking at. Uh, Is it? No, it's not. uh, Where is it? I'm not gonna. I don't even see a name that I would butcher here. Who are you talking about? John, is it? It's Igaragu. Igaragu. Oh. Let me see. The inside linebackers coach, Paul. Yeah. Oh, oh, coach. I'm thinking. Yes. What player are no, you talking about? No, the coach. The coach. Coach. Oh, the I coach. I have not spoken to him. I don't know how he <laughs> yeah, says his I name. I just, I just call him John. I, I just call him John. That's yeah. it. I'm I not even not, gonna. I'm not I'm, spoken yeah. to him. Jeff, you're not even gonna try. Give it a shot, Jeff. Come on. No. no yes, come on. Try. I just, I just did it. You give me a shot. I don't even have his name in front of me oh, to give it a try. Okay. Well, I thought you had it in front of you. Okay. No, I don't. Because I was like, Paul, I was looking for the player. Hold on. Let me. I got my. Yeah, you really threw me a curve there because I'm thinking I don't. No, the coach. The coach. Yeah. So, so I was talking inside linebacker. Talk to him. John Igorugu. That sounds Igorugu. good. Yeah. Igorugu? Sounds good. Igorugu. Maybe. Yeah, I should have asked him why I talked to him. He's a very nice guy. Second time I've talked to him. And I said to him, and I, I wish I probably should have asked him when the camera wasn't there. He might have given me a real answer. But I, I asked him um, what the priority is for the linebacker next to Blake. Like, is it more important for the guy to be better in coverage? Is it more mm-hmm. important for them to be better against the run? And he gave me the generic, whoever the best player is. That yeah. was the answer I got. <laughs> so not helpful at all. Well, but, I, if you look at the two that are there, I, I, Beavers is by far way better coverage linebacker than Crowder. Oh, no, see, I disagree. I think it's the opposite, Jeff. I think Beavers is the more physical guy against the run, and Crowder is the more athletic guy that's going to cover a little bit better. I'm, I'm, I with John, I'm with John on that, too. No, I disagree. Beavers has some coverage skills. He's not exactly a statue. Oh, no, no. I don't think Beavers is bad in coverage, but I think we have seen against the run, you know, Tay's a little bit undersized. There's no doubt. And and Beavers is more sturdy. So and, that that's and, my hot take. If you're going to have... You know, a base 3-4 defense out there on first and 10 against the Tennessee Titans, and you have a 260-pound, mm-hmm. Der- whatever the hell he is, 260-pound Derrick Henry running downhill at you. Would you rather have Darian Beavers on the field on first and 10? Well, at now. 255 pounds? Or would you rather have Tay Crowder out there, who's 235 pounds? And to be fair... Okay, Carter Coughlin's gotten some run inside during yeah. the training camp. Now, he's a bit nicked up right now. And he's he's been with the third team okay. mostly. 
But he's actually made some plays in nine on seven. Calls. He has. Yes, he has. And on the not again, not on the outside on the edge anymore. He's if he's going to make this team, he's going to be a special teams guy who also can play some inside. That's where his new niche is. He's not an edge guy. No, anymore. not at all. So my I think. You want my hot prediction, hot take, bold thing off of the Death Star? You got Beavers starting against I think the Titans. Beavers starts week one against Tennessee. I'd have, I'd have no problem with that if, if it comes to pass. I mean, you know, uh, Beavers, Beavers to me, and I know uh, you were out here the other day watching, uh, Jeff. The one thing about Beavers that I'd like to see more of, and it's going to be very important for him as he makes this jump to the NFL, he's got to become a better hand fighter on sheds and that's something he was good at in college by the way okay but this is different well, these guys, guys are bigger and stronger yeah. and they know yes and they get up on you a lot quicker and now you've got to recover and you've got to counter and right now beavers is, is they, they're trying to teach him that stuff because that's where he's going to have to be able to get himself free where at cincinnati it wasn't as difficult sure. to get free. Well, that's yeah. the, and I think that if you go down this roster and, and identify each one of the rookies that we're going to make the team most likely, every one of them is going to have something to work on. Even Evan Neal is going to have. I'm, I'm interested to see how he plays uh, tomorrow night because you know, even though he played at Alabama and you know they are basically a semi-pro team there, the fact is is that this is way different at this level. These guys are professionals for a reason, so it'll be interesting. And every one of them have things to work on. I agree with you, absolutely. I like the way you said uh, Alabama's semi-pro team. They really are. Well, yeah. nowadays with NIL, all of them are semi-pro teams. <laughs> well, the Hurricanes were decades ago. We already know that. Yeah, well, we were way ahead of our time. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> they were doing NILs before they were NILs. <laughs> we invented it. <laughs> oh, of course, then it was just called recruiting violations. Yes. But, yes. you know, today, yes. <laughs> today they're called NILs. Yes, yeah. yes. It wasn't NI, like national intent. It was um, national, yeah. We got all, we were doing well, way ahead of we, our time. We were doing well. <laughs> yeah, the players were doing well, Jeff. Yes, indeed. Yeah, the player, the, not me. I wasn't doing well. I never got any of that kind of stuff, so. As know. we tape this, John, you've got the uh, computer up in front of you. Did the pa- Did the Patriots beat guys at all have anything about the potential snaps that New England might use in this game. We know how Belichick, uh, you know, likes to reserve his starters a lot on the sidelines. In fact, most of the time they don't even dress. Is there anything there? Because you're talking about Evan Neal, and I agree with you, Jeff. It's it's going to be something we're going to want to watch. Evan Neal, his first NFL game. How's he going to look? Because we know that Brian Dable has already told us all of his starters are going to start this game on Thursday. He's already said that. Now, what he did also say is none of them will play to the end of the first half. And on an individual basis, he will decide how many snaps each guy gets. Mm -hmm. But they are all going to dress, and at least the healthy ones, and they are all going to start. And I love that. You know that. That's always been my, my thought. But I don't know what the Patriots are going to do. And I think that can be sometimes deceiving, you know, if you're going to see your guys. I mean, I'd like to see Evan Neal, to be frank with you, I'd like to see him go up against a veteran on the edge. Whether or not the guy's a backup or a starter, I would at least like him to be a veteran so that Neil could go up against an experienced well, player. He's going to have to sooner or later. You know? In the three well, yeah. preseason games, he's going to be up against a starter. At well, some that's point. it. I don't want to see him, though, tomorrow going up against a Patriots undrafted rookie free agent who he's going to maul because those are the kinds of guys he mauled at Alabama. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I'd like to see him tested by a veteran who's going to show him some tricks 
That's what I'd like to see. I do not see anything about who's going to play. My guess is that Belichick is not going to tell people who's going to play because he's Belichick. Yeah. Um, but apparently, and by the way, that's such a big competitive advantage in a preseason game, John. Um, uh, Use the word allegedly. I uh, like that. Allegedly. allegedly <laughs> the Patriots offense has not been great at camp this year. They've had some right. Apparently, yeah, they, at I don't the quarterback know, position, and I don't know too, why right? they would do this, but apparently they've they've gone to more of a zone blocking scheme up front, which when you have a powerful offensive line like they do with mm. so many big guys, I don't know why that makes a ton of sense. But apparently they changed the scheme around a little bit with their phantom offensive coordinator that doesn't exist, but someone's the offensive coordinator, but they're not going to tell <laughs> us who it is. Uh, and apparently they've had some issues up there. So my guess is that we'll probably see the starters a little bit just because they're trying to you know unwrinkle their you know issues there. I, again, I hope so for the Giants' sake because I think that Coach Dable would like to see some challenges yep. for these these starting five, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you want. So I was looking at Mike Giardi's Twitter right. page. He does a great job covering He's good. mostly the Patriots for NFL Network. He's been down here a couple of days this year too. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> this is random off track, but I think it's funny. So he retweeted Joe Person, who covers the Panthers, I believe, for The Athletic. And Ben McAdoo was asked on whether the competition could make the Panthers' quarterback room awkward. His quote, I left my crystal ball in my other pants. <laughs> I wonder if they fit him. Remember when he was... <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, remember last year he made the mistake of saying who the quarterback was before he was... Or was that even earlier this offseason? I don't remember. Wow. Well, you know, it sometimes these things just season. slip through the cracks. Man, it might have right? been this offseason, right? <laughs> might have been. Yeah. So I just saw that. I thought it was funny. Wow. But speaking no, of that which, is funny. Speaking actually. of which, and, and, and we'll still go back to the game. You know, I know this is what everyone does now in all these sports. Roquan Smith demanding a trade. Oh, Jesus. It's like, can you do something in the league before you <laughs> demand the trade? He's oh, a well, good player. He's fine. He's a good player. I don't think he's... Been as good as people thought he was going to be coming out. A lot of accolades. He's not Khalil Mack. He's not like that kind of. A lot of accolades. I I agree. I I don't think he's quite lived up to his potential, but he's a good player. No, he's fine. But like, tenth best linebacker, fifth to twentieth best linebacker in the league's demanding a trade now. Like, really? Before we go any further, look up over the cap. What's his contract situation? I I think this is his last year. This is. Mm -hmm. I think so. So he's he's already screaming about it without having to prove anything in his final season. Well, I guess too. I, apparently, they've been. He's been his quotes. He was unhappy with the. Uh, he felt disrespected by the contract offers that the Bears were giving oh. him. Oh, apparently. Okay. In other words, it was too low. Yes, that would, that would, that would be correct. I, I think as an ex-player, every one of us are always felt we were disrespected on the first offer. Yeah, Ro- Roquan, just, Roquan like, come Smith on, was drafted back in 2018. So this is his fifth-year option year, actually. Okay. So this is really the end of the the, the rookie contract. He's making $9 million this year. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's a nice— The, the fifth-year option is not bad for these first-rounders. Right. That's a good chunk of change. Yeah, so he's taking home— Guaranteed, too. So he's taking home in total money over the course of his career so far, $12 million, including this upcoming season. Twelve million in base salary, eleven and a half million in uh, signing bonus, and four and a half million in roster bonus. So he's already taken home thirty million dollars. And it's not like he's getting any votes for defensive player of the year either. No, he's not, he's not made a Pro Bowl. Has that's he? that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I don't, I don't, maybe not, he was an alternate. He's maybe. not on that level. Yeah, come out of the clouds, dude. Like, like again, again, would I like to have Roquan Smith as my linebacker? He's sure, player. he's fine. 
But but that's it. He's a good player. Well, listen, you hear his name and you get a little excited, but then all of a sudden you dig deeper like you did, John. Like, okay, so where is he? In? Uh, yeah, 15th bet, you know, somewhere in there. I mean, come on. You're not going to make 10, 12, 50, or he's going to make $9 million this year, but he's not going to make 15, 16 million a year. Well, what he you wants. know what? In 2020 and 2021, apparently the Associate Press didn't name him second team on their all pro team. Which seems, well, a little, which seems a little. I don't recall that. I don't recall that. I'm just this. I'm reading this off of uh, yeah. Pro Football Reference. I don't recall team? that either. That might be one of those like, that's not the Pro Football Writers of America. That's a different thing. Right. You know what I mean? So, so that's like one of those other right. like the Sporting right. News does theirs, the yes, AP does yes, theirs. Yes. So that's not the official right. thing, right? So well, that's probably why you don't remember it. Correct. Yes. But again, I, I just thought it's funny how everyone likes it. The um, trade now. Anyway. I do want to go. If I can go back to the Giants. For oh, a minute. Of course. I do have a question for Jeff. And, mm-hmm. and this is particularly a question for you better than anybody else. Jamie Gillen comes over after three years with the Browns and then had a cup of coffee in the Bills organization, although he didn't kick any games for them. We've watched him during training camp. I know you're very familiar with the style of punting that he does as the Scottish Hammer, but what what would you want to see him do in this first preseason game? I'm going to assume he'll get at least five or six punts, mm-hmm. okay? What what would you want to see? If you're Thomas McGahee, who, by the way, when he was asked about Gillen the other day, his answer to the media was, I need to see him do better in his hang time to distance ratio. Mm-hmm. And what, what T-Mac said, and folks, I know Jeff knows this already, but I'm going to let you guys in on this if you didn't catch the quote. He said, you know, 40-yard punt, we want four seconds. 45-yard punt, we want four and a half seconds. 50-yard punt, we want five seconds of hang time. He said that's something that they need to work on with him. Mm-hmm. So tell well, me, Jeff, what do you want to see? Well, I, I think that the ratios are there just for uh, discussionary purposes. It's really easy to to understand 4040, right? 4545, 5050. So those are kind of relative speaking, but I think those numbers are a little bit they're they're kind of skewed a little bit because of the way that the guys kick balls these days and guys are much stronger. So in my opinion a 40-yard kick at 40 is not good enough for me. I'll take that's got to be a 42 to 45. So I would change the numbers in there. Here's the problem with Jamie, and it's not it's going to get better, but this is the knock on him is that the hang time doesn't match the distance, right? So he, he's got a big leg. We've seen him in camp kick balls 60, 65 yards, you know, but they're really low hang times, which puts a lot of pressure on the coverage team. So that's what T-Mac is going for. He's like, listen, give me, uh, give me some more hang time and we'll sacrifice a little bit of the distance. Now, there's three things that you want out of the punter, and I want to see – and you try to hit these things every single time. You want distance, hang time, and direction. If you get two of the three out of there, then that's considered, considered as far as grading purposes that you would get a good grade on that. What happens is you get a 60-yarder. I got good directions, but it's 3.6. Right. So that's mm-hmm. not going to work for me, even though you got two of the three, the two that I the two of the three. I would rather have the hang time component. Yeah, it was there. only having the three point six eliminate yeah. the advantage. Of, oh, my goodness. Of the direction. Right. That's well, Correct. it could yeah. be the direction, John, but it's, it's, it's a missile down there. Well, no, 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 that's my point. Like you could put it outside. the. Numbers, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't it, matter. It, it, it doesn't it's matter. That far with that yeah. little of a hang time, the guy can just run back to the middle yeah. of the field anyway. It doesn't yeah. really make a difference. See what I what I told. Jamie the other day when I was out there, I, you know, here's a guy that he's not the prettiest as far as 
form. He's, he's a guy that was just taught American football. He played rugby. Uh, he just had to do whatever he could with the football, kick for touch, they call it. And he just kind of placed things with, with an ugly-looking kick. So you're not going to see great, great, like, perfect spirals. You're just going to see some really awkward-looking footballs. But what I wanted, I was telling him, I said, listen, don't ever try to think that you're going to be – you know those golfers that have perfect swings? You know, he's not one of those guys. But, he, but by the time his foot gets on the ball – Everything's the same like everybody else that has a perfect swing, right? I said, so for you, it's just more what I would like to see out of him is is, dist- is not so much the distance. I know we can get the distance out of him. It's just the hang time and the direction. Give me those two, then I'll sacrifice a little bit of the, of the distance. So more of the consistency. Listen, when we were doing the game the other day at the scrimmage, I was watching him obviously more than anybody. And I just I saw the session that he had before he went into the game. He did very well, but then in, in the portion of the special teams segment in the in the scrimmage the other day, you, you remember we saw he was banging those guys like inside the ten every single time. There wasn't one touchback, yeah. right? And I, that to me is is going to be significant with Wink Martindale's defense because the pressure that they put on a offense normally, and just if you're at the twenty five thirty yard line, imagine what they can do when they're on the five yard line, you know. And if Jamie can do that for this defense, it's going to be really really good for the team. So that's what I kind of want to see. More for me, it's just more. I don't want to see touchbacks. I want to see him execute that kick. Now, I'll say this. They must have confidence in the guy. They haven't brought anyone in to compete with him. I mean, they've been watching him do what he does since March and April, and they haven't. Well, brought anyone else in, so they must have a fairly high level of confidence that he can turn that he can remember be this. what they need him to be. Remember this because we yeah. have seen the team. The Giants have had two punters in camp before. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. But here's the thing, we'll go back John. To the Matt Dodge days. If there's probably and the two easiest positions to replace somebody really quickly on a football team punter, is the punter and the yeah. kicker. Mm-hmm. They have no plays. They don't have to learn anything. I think for the kicker, it might be a little bit harder because of just the holding situation. But if the holder's good, the kicker should still be able to make it. So I feel like and what we. We're always told this when uh, I had a, was the only guy in camp, and it was always you know made note to us that listen, you're competing with 31 other teams. There could be another guy that comes from there to comes to here. So don't get all you know comfortable that there's nobody here competing with you because you are competing with the other people that are on the street. So that's kind of a thing. But I think that because he came from Buffalo, guys, the, you know. Dable and Shane had a little bit of an idea of what they were getting into, which I think helped Jamie come in here. I'm telling you, uh, Mike Prefer was the is the special teams coach up in Cleveland. Him and Jamie did not get along very well, and it put a kind of a damper on his career up there. He really got in his head, and I think talking to Joe Shane and Brian Dable about Jamie, they and and T Mac, they've understand that they just got to leave this guy alone and just let him do what he can do, and not kind of get in between his ears. Now I'm going to ask you another question that plays off of what you said a minute ago, Jeff, and maybe it's not a big deal, but the punter, as you know, has become the primary holder now on all point afters and field goals. Years mm-hmm. ago, it used to be the backup quarterback. Hey, you want to go back? Remember uh, no. Dallas had Jay Novacek do it. That's true. When he was the kicker when he was yeah. the but, holder in the hands. 90s. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, nowadays the punter has that second job, and our punters here, going back to your days, have been outstanding in terms of holding for placements. Have you gotten a chance to watch Gillen on his holds? Because we know how great, uh, you know, Gano is. Uh, is this an issue for you at all? No, no. I mean, 
I think that while well, we saw him make a good hold at the scrimmage the other day, remember the first snap? Yeah, got it, was, right? one back. it was a good one. So I guess that would answer some of the question. But I, I haven't had a chance um, to watch their field goal sessions and stuff um, out at practice enough to kind of get a, an answer to that. But I don't think – I think it's fine. Um, they're they're going to get enough reps in between now and the regular season. So I think they should be fine. I got one more for you, Jeff. And I'd mm-hmm. like to flip it, though, the other side of the punting game, the return game. Yeah, Team, we don't have to talk about that, right? T-Mac was also asked about, well, what are you going to do? Nobody returns anything anymore. Yeah, really. Yeah, you take a good point. <laughs> well, T-Mac was asked about the punt return. They didn't ask him about kickoff return. They only asked him about punt return. And he said that they believe, the coaching staff, that is, that the Giants have as many as six different guys, six or seven, I believe was his quote, of guys who they believe are good enough, skilled enough, talented enough that can handle punt well, return. Yeah, I mean, go through it. You got Richie James, Wanda Robinson, Kadarius Tony. Shepard um, could do it if yeah, you need to. Yeah, he could if you have to. He uh, even listed Slayton. Yeah. Well, now, Slayton is back there catching a lot during practice. He has. He is. So now, from your perspective, Donnie Jeff. Holmes was a big special yes, teams guy, sure. remember? So yeah. there's a lot of guys. From your perspective, Jeff, uh, any thoughts on who you think may be the lead dog in that in that race? I'll give you a name, and this is obviously him making the team, okay? So, But I think I think uh, Richie James might be your guy. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I could see Wandell be in it too if Richie James doesn't make it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just I don't see think, that, sure. like, just like, like uh, now again, I Richie think James that, more of a kickoff returner in San Francisco than a punt Yeah, returner. but I, I, I could see him. You know, like like they said, they got six different guys out there, so we might see kind of a rotational thing, maybe. You know, um, I, but I I think that I, I wanted with Wandell, I if he's going to be starting, I know that sometimes the office of the coaching staff doesn't like to have that guy back there, but I I don't know. You know, this this staff might be a little bit different, guys. They might not care about that. So, but needless to say, I think that they'll by the end of the year, there'll probably be three or four names on the stat sheet that did it. Maybe that's the answer. Mm-hmm. No question about it. I agree. All right. Well, we got about 10 minutes or so left before we wrap up here. <sighs> Dable said everyone's going to play that's healthy. The question is how much? My feel is that if you get the first team offense with a three and out, you'll see them again. Mm-hmm. If the first team offense gets one first down and punts, maybe you'll see him again. I think you're not going to see them for more than 10 or 12 plays. That would be my feel. Yeah, a couple series, right? Depending on the situation. Well, it could be one. If they have a nice like yeah. nine-play scoring drive yeah. on their first yeah. drive, see ya. Adios. How about, how about 15 plays? That's a lot. 10 to 12 has been the pattern 
for the starters, for guys who will play their their regular players in the first preseason game. Ten to twelve snaps is usually the gauge. Well, so I mean, you're that's, not you're not out right, of bounds. Dable has stressed though too. He wants to improve their conditioning. So does he want them out there for longer so they Thank get you. their win better? And by the way, if you if you go with that first drive, let's just say the Giants actually do score on their first drive and they take it from the twenty five down, and maybe maybe that's a thirteen play drive. You know, so yeah. they would definitely be done after that. In theory, could yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to real quickly get my little three takes on three phases? I, 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 I will watch? just yeah, I will just go course. one step further before yeah. you do that. I I want to see the offensive line, the starting five of the offensive line. I want them out there. I don't care if it's a thirteen play drive on number one. I want them out there for a second drive. I I would I would make those starting five linemen play a minimum of two full drives, you no matter to, how many snaps. I get Andrew Thomas out of the game. You want to put the other four guys out there? Okay. I'm getting Andrew Thomas. I, I think yeah, but I'm I need with him John. Work, I need him working with Lemieux. Ah, they've worked <sighs> together plenty. Not enough. Eh, they're fine. I still. Think I don't want Andrew, the way Andrew I Thomas still think has battled the foot and ankle the yeah. last two no, years. That's, I, 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 want, I want his butt out of the game. Okay. And there's still right, there's two right. preseason games. There's a scrimmage against the Jets. There's still a lot Evan of time Neal, for these guys to Evan Neal, you want to get work? Chill. That's fine. You yeah. want Feliciano get some work at center? Okay. Lemieux left guard. You sold me. I want Andrew Thomas. All right, you sold me. I want Andrew Thomas out. I'll take Thomas out after the first long drive, and I'll and maybe I give Azudu some work at left tackle. Great. And then you move him into guard. But the other four guys, they're getting two drives out of me. Fine. And you know what? I don't think you have to have Lewinsky out there, but if you want to have him next to Neil to help out Neil, yes, that's fine. I do. That's I fine. want those guys working together. I'll live with that. I don't want. I don't want Andrew Thomas out there for more than. I see. We found a eight. compromise. Well, let's go tell Coach. It wasn't a compromise. You agreed with me. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't move at all. Uh, yeah, but you gave you gave me the other guys to go two fine. drives. Fair enough. That's a compromise. Jeff, uh, you had a uh, three thing. Remember, you're on the show at Lance tomorrow too. Yeah, but, if so you, but if you want to give me three quickies just, here on what uh, to watch, go ahead. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what I do. I, I I'll give my stuff tomorrow. So and what I'll do just. As far as a team, I'll do a team thing here, okay? So there's a couple things that I want to see as the team. I'm not going to give you the OD and the, and the special teams. I'll do that tomorrow. Um, but as far as collectively as this team, I, I think that we all are trying to understand the identity that this team is going to have on offense and defense. And I wasn't there. I was traveling. I read about it. But that brawl the other day, <laughs> okay? These guys are ready to play another team, Jeff. They're ready to play <laughs> another team. But I, you know, and I, again, I might, I'm, I'm not saying this just because Brian Dable said this, but, you know, he likes the physicality of that. But that, you know, to me, uh, this is the dog days of summer. We've all been around it for a long time. We know that guys get a little bit crazy when it's very, very hot here. Lance almost threw down with Pearson the other day. It was ugly. <laughs> Yeah. What was the air conditioner down? Was that what it was? <laughs> um, but I feel like that's something I want to see uh, in this game and maybe through the preseason is, you know, who is this team? Uh, offense and defensively. A special teams, I think we know, is going to be pretty consistent as it always is. But defensively, their identity and as a team on offense, what are they? What kind of team are they going to be? Um, that's kind of the biggest thing for me. And then coming out of this game, as anybody ever wants, is just that, you know, hopefully you come out of it healthy and guys can get some work done. Um, and then I'll go over my three phases tomorrow, which I have some yep. good notes on. Paul, any couple notes because we're not going to be on tomorrow? Yeah, I would, I would just add this one thing about uh, we've talked a lot over the course of training camp where Dable has commented uh, regarding the conditioning of the team, and that's been a big deal for him. Uh, and he said, you know, this week it's more about evaluating your players. A lot of the conditioning stuff, even though he continues to use those training methods, he said they, they've already had, you know, two weeks of going through that, and, and they should be pretty much where they're supposed to be by now. 
Well, I was taking a look at the weather. They, I, I was about to look at that. I think it's not going to be too bad tomorrow night, right? Uh, actually, John. Oh, is be, it rough? No, 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 no. Uh, 82 degrees during the day going down to the mid-70s at night. Perfect. So, Ooh, you know, perfect. I think for these players, uh, folks, if, if you know anything about what's happened in the New York metropolitan area for the last three weeks, we've been living in a microwave. Okay, <laughs> so I would say more like a sauna. <laughs> yeah, like That'll a sauna. Be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same idea. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of these players will actually feel very pleased. It'll be like a respite and a comfort zone oh, yeah. for them to get something in the mid. Oh, the, the offensive linemen are going to be psyched. They'll be very happy. So uh, I don't think Coach will get necessarily get a lot of his conditioning stuff done during the course of this game because it's going to be like a refresher. Well, Listen, for these guys, I, I agree with you, and the, and believe me, I wasn't around here because I was out of town. But it was hot here, and I know how humid it is, and that that's that's good for practice. You know, I think in the games, these guys still have to have some conditioning. You know, especially the guys that run. I mean, those are the guys. Obviously, they're they're probably in better shape than any of them, um, but they're still the game tempo guys. Remember, is it's jacked up now. Uh, the speed of the game, running to all these other places, and it's although remember this: this is not a regular season game where the guys are playing seventy plays, yep. right? So um, I think you got to kind of, yeah, it'll be. It, but listen, my perfect temperature. If you were to say, Jeff, what is a perfect temperature? First thing I would say: seventy-two degrees indoors. That's perfect for me, right? So, but if it's outdoors, seventy degrees. Is your like, is your perfect football temperature different than your perfect golf temperature? They're the same. They're the same. Okay. Well, I thought maybe with football Good you have question. to wear pads. I thought maybe you want a little bit cooler for football as opposed to golf. No, you know, but I don't want it too cool on either one of them because I want to stay. You know, you got to stay loose a little oh, bit. No, no, and, no. Know, seven, yeah. se- se- like low seventies for golf is like heavenly. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, you cannot sign and up for, for that. And for football too, John. Yeah. See now, I see. I would think for football you want it in like the low sixties. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Well, you grew up in Arizona though too, so yeah. you, you you like the heat. <laughs> I want no part of Miami. I want exactly. no part right. of any temperature that's going to that remotely get to me where I'm cold. And and low 60s, I might be getting a little chilly there. So no, Man, I'm not going chilly there. in the low 60s. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How do we ever get to this? Point? You know, I'm surprised you didn't beg out of that playoff game in Green Bay in 07. I almost did. There was nobody else to hold. <laughs> How was Seattle, Jeff? By the way, it was beautiful. Man. It, um, the thing about Seattle, real quick, they, they have this thing called Seafair, and it's um, on Lake Washington. And when I was living there, it's this time of the year every year, they have the, these boats that line up, and they have the hydroplane races out there on Lake Washington. But on Sunday, they have the Blue Angels that come flying down there. Oh, cool. And so Sunday, I was playing golf. Shocking. <laughs> Shockingly, right? <laughs> and the course I was playing was very close to Lake Washington. And by the way, that's where the Seahawks train in Renton right on the water of Lake Washington. Well, these Blue Angels were flying over all over the place, and you could hear them from miles away how, how loud they were. We got a, gr- real, a quick glimpse of them coming through the trees in Seattle, but it's, it's awesome. If you ever get a chance to go on YouTube or something like that, go check it out. It's how many really times cool. did you use the noise of the Blue Angels as an excuse for a bad chip or a bad putt? Well... You know that I, <laughs> In other words, multiple times would be the answer. Can you please turn those afterburners <laughs> off? It's just bugging the heck out now, of me, right? Now, Jeff, yeah. given your history, I mean, you used to have to punt with, like, a roaring crowd. Yeah, are you are you one of these guys that, no, that like, needs I'm silence not, on all your shots? Nope, I'm not that way. In fact, I'm the uh, the opposite. That, nothing bothers me. It doesn't, You're also I'm, deaf. Okay. So, I mean, I'm that also deaf. That's, that's a big component of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I don't hear much anyway. So, uh, But, no, that that's never – it doesn't bother me. The okay, only good. thing that – I'll tell you the only – the only thing that bothers me in golf, and Pearson, you can probably uh, 
go along with this is that when in golf, you don't want anybody standing directly behind, like in behind your shot. You can stand behind me, but don't stand behind where I'm lined like up. Like on drives or on putts? On anything. On anything. Just because the, the peripheral vision, I don't want anybody. I'm seeing you behind me. I'm not mm. concentrating on the ball. So okay. you can stand in front of me or beh- directly behind me. So you get more visually distracted yes. than, than, than audio yeah, distracted. Exactly. It's the shadows yeah. for me. It's shadows. Shadows in my eyesight. Wow. Ooh, okay. I, yeah, I could see moving shadows. You're trying to focus on the ball, and you have moving shadows. Yeah, and it's that. not that you can't you can't you can't help it because you're, the shadows move and your eyes go to it, no. right? And they take your hands, your eyes off the football. Well, what distracts you on your walks? Do you want to get into that? Is I it never, dogs? I Is never it animals. Get, I, skunks. <laughs> skunks. <laughs> Well, or, you, usually, you usually could smell them coming, yeah, right? Usually can. Yeah. Or when you're in Jacksonville, the, the gators. Yeah. yeah. The critters, as they call the them. The critters. Yeah. yeah. Well, you call them. I know. Did, by the way, did you hear, by the way? This is completely off the beaten path. Sorry, Pierce. That's okay. That's where um, we're going. So did you? apparently someone introduced Burmese pythons into the Everglades. Shut up, Pearson. In Florida. Oh, I think I saw that. And it's they're like an invasive species. And these yeah. pythons are growing to like 15 to 20 yeah. feet long. They're killing the alligators. They're yes. wrapping themselves around the gators wow. and killing the gators. But now the gators have figured it out, and they're starting to kill the pythons. Wow! So it's it's like a battle between the gators and like these invasive Burmese pythons in the in the Everglades in Florida. It's kind of it, it's like Mother Nature at its finest. We play wow. Jacksonville this year. I know where to send Paul. No, no. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm going to walk we, out there. <laughs> Before we close this out, I did have one other football item I did want to say, John, yes. while we get a chance, because, again, you and I will not be on tomorrow. Uh, it's It's been known Kafka has been calling the plays during the camp, and, in fact, he is going to call the plays for this game against the Patriots. Uh, you know how I feel about that. Makes Paul very happy. It makes me very, very happy. Uh, I'm going to be very interested, though, and in to see how that works out because Coach Dable's yes. response to that is going to be very critical as they move forward. See, I, I see, look, I, I prefer Kafka to Cole plays too. I've, I've agreed with you that before. I, yeah. I still think Dable's going to be sitting there on Sunday mm-hmm. night and uh, Thursday night. He's going to be like, "Oh my god, I have nothing to do. I want to call plays. Come on, like I want to call plays. I want to call plays. I want to call plays." I, I, I think he's eventually going to do it. What if it goes really well? Well, it could go really well. <laughs> that's true. And look, uh, by the way, folks, uh, just FYI, to check out our pregame coverage tomorrow, first of all, Lance and Jeff will be at 2 o'clock tomorrow. That'll be live. They'll take your calls. Jeff will give you his all phases of the game, things to watch. Lance will talk about stuff. And then we're going to be on WFAN tomorrow <laughs> at uh, 6 a.m. No Yankees. So we're going to be on both AM and FM. Uh, the Yankees are coming back from Seattle. Just where they... by the way. 6 p.m., right? Well, I said 6 a.m. 6 p.m., our pregame <laughs> show from New England on Thursday night. Thank you. Yes. Uh, there's no Yankee game, so we'll be on WFAN AM and WFAN FM. That's okay. where you said AM. Yeah, I, I think see, you're good. Okay, I thought so too. I Pierce, thought you said you. AM before. All right. Anyway, yes. um, so check that out. It'll be me, Paul Lanson, Jeff, as always. Uh, interview with uh, my cut-down version of the Giants huddle interview with Colin Johnson. Is that up yet, Pearson, the huddle? No? It'll be up shortly. Go check that out in the Giants huddle, and um, then you'll hear the cut-down version uh, on the pregame show, I'll have Brian Dable one on one too. I'll get that from the production meeting on on Thursday morning. So make sure you go check that out, and then you have our coverage and our post game coverage after that as well. For me, guys, I just I just want to see the offense look competent. It's been like three years. Can mm-hmm. I see a Couple competent? Scores. And by the way, each right one down. of these last three years, the preseason, it's not look good. No. So how about this bold one? They go undefeated. 
this year in preseason. There you go. There's your bowl prediction. <laughs> okay. Congratulations. Not that you really care. I don't. Um, <laughs> I know you don't. So all, That's why all, I said look, it. <laughs> they could lose 57 to nothing for all. Like they can lose 50, but have a good drive. Give me a good drive for the first team offense where it looks like it's clicking. It looks like people are in sync. Don't throw it. Don't turn it over. That'll make me very happy. That's all. That that I have. It's a small ask. It's not a big ask. That's mm-hmm. not a big ask. Just give me one good drive from the first team offense, and I'll be happy. And stay healthy. Two asks. Well, good drive for the first team that's, offense. That's an automatic and probably better left unsaid. Avoid injuries. Yeah, exactly. For Paul Dottino and Jeff Eagles, I'm John Schmelk. And don't forget, folks, Giant season tickets for 2022 and Giant Suites are, in fact, on sale now. Make sure you go check that out. Go to Giants.com uh, slash suites or Giants.com slash tickets for more information. You could also call um, the phone number, which I don't have in front of me and I don't remember offhand. Uh, but you guys can call a Giants ticket representative or a suite representative to find out about uh, your locations, the tickets. It's a $100 deposit, 888-NYG-1925 is the number for those tickets or those suites. For Jeff, for Paul, I'm Schmelk. Again, we're live again on Thursday at 2, and then our coverage on WFN at 6 o'clock on Thursday night. We'll see you then. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.